Hi, everybody. This is Jeffrey Short for Market Scale. Today, we have a very exciting topic and guest. We're pleased to be joined by Keller Easterling, a professor and director of the Master of Environmental Design program at Yale University. She's also an architect and an author. Keller, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And the exciting topic that we are here to talk about is kind of forecasting a little bit about autonomous vehicles and not necessarily just the cars themselves, but really the greater impact that they will have on a lot of different things. Um, And I was very interested in getting your perspective as an architect and someone that studies urban design. So um, can you talk to me a little bit about maybe the unintended consequences or the effect that autonomous vehicles might have just on the way cities function and they sprawl? Well, the assumption is that um, automated vehicles will perfect driving, that they will um, reduce sprawl, reduce emissions, um, increase access, uh, productivity, and so on. Um, but we I think almost everyone recognizes now that if those uh, vehicles are used in either sold as individual vehicles or even in fleets if they are used in lieu of transit, they will create um, unprecedented congestion. So uh, a very, very smart vehicle and a very dumb traffic jam. Um, and so I know in some of the things you've written on the topic in the past, you've spoken about this concept of switches and fleets. Can you elaborate on that and maybe the feasibility of that kind of a system? Uh, well, the, uh, as we know with any technology, it's, it's not necessarily the advent of the new technology that's important, but it's the relationship between technologies and the relationship between uh, digital technologies and spatial technologies. It's this, been the same with our adoption of computing and personal computing and so on. It's, it's how it interacts with us. It's a social and technical network. So the kinds of things that I've been looking at are um, looking at not only smart digital devices, but smart spatial organizations. So smart, smarter switching between different modes of transportation, um, ways to upshift and downshift in volumes of space. Um, in a way, it's simple, um, and at the same time, uh, the, these kinds of spatial considerations are remarkably not being considered. That's interesting. And you just kind of uh, took the next question out of my mouth in a way is, are they considering, are our car manufacturers, our technology companies that they're partnering with, considering these, um, you know, sprawls, the spatial concepts that are going to go along with these autonomous vehicles? Do you think uh, there's a way architects can sort of get involved? Well, I think we're I think we're trying to, and there are many architects or advocates, not maybe not enough, who are talking about how automated vehicles will change streets. Um, what you know, what will happen with that, that space? Um, what will happen with the spaces of suburbia when you no longer need a sixty foot wide roadway? What will happen in the spaces of cities when? Uh, Buses are also automated. Um, what, what, what will be the shape of that? 
it's essentially a kind of a new spatial wiring. And uh, there are people thinking about it, but it, it's, it's clear to me that, that mobility companies are perhaps not thinking about it as much as they should, or to advantage. Um, I think to uh, where mobility companies might be killing the golden goose or, or missing a huge opportunity is in the kind of sustaining uh, real estate revenues and other things that would come from thinking about an interplay between digital and spatial organizations. Right. I was going to ask, really, is it in their interest? I mean, where are they sort of heading right now? Are they just saying, okay, we just need to make an autonomous vehicle and whatever the effects are, we'll deal with that later? Is that sort of how they're thinking right now? It, it does sometimes seem as if uh, mobility companies aren't taking full advantage of this change and all that it could mean. Um, I, I often think about uh, Japan Rail after it um, launched the Shinkansen uh, high-speed rail. And they were very careful to integrate their this new technology with stations and with the uh, the revenue that would come from spaces and stations, and it's that revenue that's allowed them to continue to develop the system in really remarkable ways. So I, I do think mobility companies are are missing a spatial, pretty obvious spatial variable in their calculations. So where do we stand sort of right now? We're seeing, um, I, I see stories about deliveries being made by autonomous, more robotics than real vehicles, I suppose. But um, how far off do you think we are from really seeing a viable product out there? And do you think it will just accelerate from there? I think it's there already. Um, I mean, the, the technology is already there. It's being rehearsed. It's really just a matter now. I mean, it's this is a, a remarkable, it's an incredible moment where one has a chance to decide how to deploy it, how what kind of interplay it will have with other organizations. Because the, I mean, the the, the technology is already well, you know, well rehearsed. And as you know, we've talked about how this might have to rewire the layouts of cities and things of that nature. What would that sort of mean for uh, businesses within cities, um, you know, restaurants and offices? How would they be affected by a complete transformation of the way people travel? Well, I, I mean, it might not be that different from from what they have now. If anything, improving what they have now. Uh, one of the things that about if you have a kind of hands-free ride. You don't really care how long it takes you to get home from work. Uh, so we see that increasing sprawl um, and vehicle miles, so-called vehicle miles traveled. Um, whereas, uh, and that will always be, no matter how um, sophisticated the car becomes, unless certain far-flung errands in people's days are not more concentrated, they will also always increase vehicle miles traveled. So some of the things that we are talking about being more sustaining for these new mobility companies are, are things that concentrate those itineraries uh, in switch-like spaces 
And also uh, by transferring up and down to um, transportation capacity, higher transportation capacities like transit or transferring down to, to um, uh, bicycles and walking and so on, um, mobility companies can take advantage of uh, can take advantage of that population of of riders that's being disgorged from transit, um, and similarly, transit can in, enjoy an increased ridership from from the interaction with mobility. So. I would think that the concentrations of these um, these switches uh, creates not only more convenience and a faster ride, uh, but but also kind of brings many many things together. Um, so increasing what we usually think of as a kind of you know, urba- richness of urbanity and information rich urbanity. And so if these mobility companies don't necessarily take into account the repercussions of just rolling out um, autonomous vehicles, what, I guess, would be your biggest concern going forward? Well, there's, there are many, I suppose, um, that, you know, that sprawl increases, emissions increase, um, congestion increases. And nothing anywhere in this equation is paying for the infrastructure repairs that are that are needed. Um, so finding a way to um, increase the to to find a revenue source in a relationship with an urban space, it seems to me is is the way to address um, many of those things. It, uh, otherwise. It's actually quite as as um, forward-looking and kind of shiny as it as it seems to be. It's actually retrograde. It's actually kind of old-fashioned or or old hat or uh, following the same historical pattern that we've often been following, uh, where we say one um, uh, kind of technology is now obsolete and we'll replace it with another. That's usually much, much less sophisticated. Yeah, that's a very interesting point there. Um, and then one last question I actually wanted to ask, and it's uh, something maybe a little more personal to Dallas, where we are. We've actually really been, um, I don't want to say inundated, but there has been a series of different rollouts of um, electric scooters, um, bike sharing, um, all these shareable rides. And it's obviously different than autonomous vehicles. but. Um, what I don't think has really happened is an increase in bike lanes or scooter lanes, whatever you want to call it here. So I'm wondering just in general, do you think cities historically have done a good job of adapting to different modes of transportation? Some, some have. Um, and of course, urbanists talk about things like complete streets, which I'm sure you know, but um, where one can um, take advantage of many different sizes and um, uh, speeds and so on of travel, um, and that that ha- having all of those strands within, kind of bundled within uh, transportation networks, that's where it becomes, you know, really uh, um, kind of rich 
Um, it's like the difference between having like an old mainframe computer and having, you know, that kind of worked sequentially through one set of circuits and, a, you know, a parallel computing system that's buzzing everywhere simultaneously with, with many different kinds of, of circuits and inputs and so on. Um, so that's, I mean, th those spatial relationships are, are crucial to, to organizations that are, are information rich. And, and that's kind of the way we end up looking at it. Not, we don't really think of, of whether it's the new, it's not just necessarily the newest technology that's information rich. It's the interplay between technologies that's, that becomes information rich. I think that was a very fitting and perfect way to end it, just uh, talking about how it's not always about the newest technology, but how it's um, you know, really enveloped into the environment. So um, Keller, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope we can do this again sometime because I know there's definitely going to be a lot of updates that are uh, going to be making news in the world of autonomous vehicles uh, seems to be happening every day. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us. It was great to get uh, an architect and an urban designer's perspective on this. My pleasure. Thank you. This interview is part of the MarketScale Contributor Program. If you'd like to be featured as a contributor on MarketScale.com, please submit content to publications at MarketScale.com or head to our publications pages at MarketScale.com industries to see more.